Welcome to episode 28 of the Sharp Cheddar Podcast, coming to you live from our New York City studios. Joe D'Aluizio here. Give me a follow on Twitter at Joe, double underscore D-A-L-O-I-S-I-O. Thank you so much for listening. For those of you who are new, welcome. For those of you who are loyal listeners, you've been with me since day one. And Green Bay, the Green Bay Packers are just now one win. Yes, one win away from playing in a Super Bowl. They took care of business on Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks, 28-23. to Started off fast, slowed it down. You definitely were nervous in the final minutes of that game if you're a Packers fan. No doubt about it. But next up, another trip out west to take on the San Francisco 49ers, and the winner goes to Miami. If you would have told me a year ago around this time when Matt LaFleur was named the head coach that the Green Bay Packers would be one win away from playing in a Super Bowl, I would have told you, you are absolutely bananas. I would have said, you know nothing about football. You don't understand football. That isn't even possible. Well, it's possible. Here we are, just one win away from a Super Bowl. Matt LaFleur, kudos to you. Brian Gutengust, kudos to you. I know on last week on the preview podcast, we had Marcus Eversold join the podcast, and he gave a lot of praise to Goot because of the additions that he made via free agency, as well as the additions that he made during the season to help get the Packers to where they are today. Such an exciting game. Awesome start for Green Bay. Seattle storms back. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't ugly. It wasn't a complete disaster. It wasn't winning ugly for the Green Bay Packers this time around. But they did just enough to get by and get a win. First of all, before we dive deeper into the game, a couple things that I need to get off my chest. And let's begin with the Jimmy Graham third down conversion late in the fourth quarter, which ended up clinching the victory for the Green Bay Packers. Number one here. Okay, let's, let's, let's settle this. The official comes out and says, after after the review, the play stands, Green Bay first down, no problem. I'm happy. I'm content. I'm sure every other Packers fan, yes, we're good. We're happy. Then you see the official going back to the headset, puts the headset back on, and now we're thinking maybe this has something to do with the clock. Maybe this has something to do with the timeout situation, not even thinking what could possibly happen. But then he comes back on the mic and said, we've received additional footage. And when I heard that, I nearly fainted. And that's not an exaggeration. Additional footage. First of all, I want to know where this additional footage came from. Why why, why aren't the reviews looking at every single angle? Where, where does the additional footage exist? 
How aren't the replay officials looking at every possible angle? I have never in my life heard a ref come back and say those lines. I legit I legit almost threw up in my mouth because I said, here we go. Here we go. Of course, of course, against all teams too with Seattle. As if we don't have a brutal past with the Seattle Seahawks. You throw in the fail Mary, Brandon Bostick, and now I'm gonna have the additional footage game. What a complete joke. What a complete joke that that even almost happened. How about that? Number two. I need to make sure, and I'm very confident in my listeners, and I know my listeners, A-plus listeners, smart listeners, smart football fans, students of the game, understand the game, understand football, but I just need to make sure, and I need to put this out there, that everyone understands that that yellow line, the first down line that is shown on the television broadcast, is not Always exact. Hate to break it to you. Not always exact. Sometimes just a little off could be could be a little deceiving to the eye. So before we throw our hands up and say, oh, he's short of the yellow line. Well, that yellow line isn't always perfect. And by the way, that yellow line does not even exist on the field. And number three. The screenshot that is going viral on social media of this third down play clearly shows that Jimmy Graham isn't down. He's on top of a defender at the time. I'm going to admit to you, I'm not here to say, oh my God, you are a clown. That was certainly a first down. No doubt in my mind, that was a first down. How Are you blind? No, I'm not here to say that. I will admit, that was a very close call. But, you can't sit here listening to this podcast right now and tell me that there was nearly enough evidence to overturn that call. And that's the NFL that we live in right now. You could even go back to Aaron Jones' one of his touchdown runs. Did he get in? Well, they called him in, and there just wasn't a good enough angle to prove otherwise. And I think you could probably say the same about this Jimmy Graham third down. Was it a first down? I have no idea, but it certainly wasn't enough to overturn it. So, all of the Seahawks fans that are out there that are crying... And the media members that are saying, oh my God, this is not a first down. This is ridiculous. And they're all bent out of shape and upset. Get over it. Get over it. And it's easy to be on my side of the mic and say get over it because it's not my team, of course. It's over. It's done with. Move on. We've all been there. We've all done it. You want to talk about getting hosed? What about earlier in the game? Second drive of the game. Wilson hits Jacob Hollister. Jari Alexander forces the fumble. The ball is clearly out. He clearly loses possession. 
The refs go to review, confirm that it's a fumble because Matt LaFleur had to challenge it, confirm it was a fumble, but said there was no clear recovery from the defense. Meanwhile, Sullivan hands the ball to the referee. How are you going to tell me that there is no clean recovery from the defense when a member of the defense gets up with the ball and hands it to the ref? What else does that defender have to do to prove that he recovered the ball? Does he need to spike it? Do a celebration? So if you want to play the ref game, we could talk about that play too. Because I'm not saying that, oh, you know, if Green Bay recovers the ball, they're definitely scoring. But they're they're already at the 30-yard line. There's a good chance after the first drive that they went right down the field and scored. There's a good chance they probably could have put points on the board there. And they got hosed. Get over it. That felt good. I needed to do that. I needed to get that off my chest because I it's nauseating seeing the amount of people discussing this play and talking about how terrible the refs are. Yeah, the, the refs are terrible. We, we know that. We need to live with that. That is the NFL that we currently live in. Unfortunately, it's terrible officiating. We hope that games aren't dictated by, by the officials. And this game wasn't dictated by the officials. Yeah, there were some crucial plays. They didn't change the outcome of this game. All right, let's talk more about this victory and not the officials. And let's start with the man, the myth, and the legend, Aaron Rodgers. Because Aaron Rodgers has been scrutinized all season long. He's every single play picked apart. He's washed up. He should consider retiring. He's no good. He's overrated. Blah, blah, blah. The headlines. Another thing that was nauseating all season long. Just seeing how Aaron Rodgers was critiqued and picked apart. Now, has Aaron Rodgers put up the numbers that we're used to seeing him put up? Absolutely not. There is no denying the fact that Rodgers, his numbers are lower than expected. Are lower than what we're used to seeing. That's a fact. Aaron Rodgers won this game for the Green Bay Packers. Coming up huge with his two third down conversions late in the game. First hitting Devontae Adams, and then, of course, that Jimmy that Jimmy Graham play that we were just talking about. He came up clutch and made plays when they needed him. All season long, Aaron Rodgers has been able to rely on the defense to come up huge and to make plays when they needed. The defense overall this season has been the unit, has been the group of guys that have really closed out games. Aaron Rodgers closed this game out with 100%. You can't convince me otherwise. And the fact, the fact that you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers 
at quarterback, you'll always have a shot. Because if he plays like he played, there's a good chance you're going to win. You're always in a game. And, And it wasn't just the third downs. The two third downs on that final drive. He made some seriously big throws. And we're not going to talk much about San Fran in in this next matchup because we'll save that for the end of the week podcast. But now you go to San Francisco where you already got it handed to you. You got washed once. You got to believe there is hope because Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback. And you saw him make the plays that he made against the Seahawks and you got to think if we could get it going, if Rodgers could get it going against a really tough defense, there's a chance that we're playing on Super Bowl Sunday. Now, you can't talk about Aaron Rodgers without talking about Devontae Adams. And, and Rodgers gave Adams some, some serious high praise after the game, saying, quote, Tonight ro- reminds me of that connection, of the connection that Jordy and I had for so many years where there were some unspoken things that we could do. Devontae made three or four plays like that tonight. By the way, Adams, Devontae Adams, just like me and myself and everybody else, has had enough with the Jimmy, with the Jimmy Graham first down controversy, as I, as I say it in quotes in the studio. He took to Instagram and simply put the screenshot that everyone's posting and just told everybody to shut up. Nice and simple from Devontae Adams. He's had enough of it too. But Adams was just on another level Sunday night. Eight receptions, 160 yards, two touchdowns. Both touchdowns showed off how crisp his route running is. Both times completely fooling the defense. Honestly, made them look silly. First touchdown, he breaks off the line of scrimmage. Fakes like he's doing a slant. Cuts to the outside basically on a wheel route. When he goes for that wheel route and is going up the sideline, the defender is absolutely frozen. By the time the defense realizes what's going on, Devontae's walking into the end zone. Made him, made him look silly. Second touchdown. Going across the middle. Stops. Goes to the outside. Catches the ball. Catches the ball. Completely stops. The momentum of the defender shifts over. Devontae Adams runs in the opposite direction. Outruns the defense into the end zone. I mean, on both plays, the the defenders had no idea what was going on, what was coming, and that smooth, fast route running was everything there. The footwork, it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. And truthfully, Devontae Adams really doesn't get enough credit for what he does, how talented he is for this team. And forget about this team. He doesn't get enough credit around the NFL. Devontae Adams is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. This is a guy also this season. I mean, look at his numbers. 
for the season. This is a guy who missed four games this season. He certainly isn't playing like a guy that missed four games. And when the two of them are on, when Rodgers and Devontae are on the same page, it's special to watch. It's it's really special to watch. Let's also dive into Green Bay's third down efficiency. And honestly, you got to give it to them on both sides of the ball. Because offensively, Green Bay struggled all season pretty much on third down. And they came up big on both sides. Offense, defense. It was both clicking on third down. Offensively, 9 of 14. Aaron Rodgers, absolutely electric on third down. 7 of 9, 121 yards, one touchdown. Three completions over 20 yards, three first downs in the fourth quarter. Again, Aaron Rodgers won this game for the Green Bay Packers. Kept moving the chains, kept bringing the team down the field. Didn't let Seattle get the ball back. Then on the defensive side of things, the Seahawks were only 3 of 9. And this is a big number. Because this is a Seattle team that entered this game having having converted 16 third downs over the previous two weeks. Week 17 against the San Francisco 49ers and wild card weekend against the Philadelphia Eagles. 16 third downs. To go into Lambeau and only be held to three? That's a hell of a job by the defense. Kudos to the entire unit there. Making stops when they needed them. And since we're we're on the topic of defense, let's stick with the defense. And man, I don't think you could ever talk about Green Bay's defense without talking about the Smith duo. Preston and Zadarius Smith. The two of them combined for four sacks, 10 QB pressures, 12 hurries. These guys were worth every single dollar that they got this offseason. Love Zadarius Smith getting a sack, pulling his shirt down, saying snubbed, snubbed up being an all-pro. Zadarius Smith, the amount of energy that Zadarius Smith brings on the field is unbelievable. And based, and I'm not around the locker room, I'm not around the players, but based on other pieces that I read, based on what we hear from the players, he has been just as instrumental, just as important inside the locker room. A a, a sure, clear defensive leader. And the two of those guys are a huge reason that the Green Bay Packers are playing in the NFC Championship game. These other guys that deserve praise too, don't get me wrong. Kenny Clark, he was an absolute unit. Also had a sack, made a ton of great plays. The guy was getting double teamed all over for pretty pretty much the entire night. 
And he and that's a guy you want to talk about a guy who's going to get paid. Kenny Clark is a guy that better that better get his after after what we've seen from him the last couple of seasons. But man, knowing that you have a defensive unit that the Green Bay Packers have, right? Knowing that they could close out games, get stops when your quarterback isn't playing at at its at, at its at his highest level is so refreshing, so rewarding and so much more less stressful. It truly is. Right? I remember watching Green Bay's defense go up against the Atlanta Falcons and get absolutely torched. And no, this defense can't get off the field. They they are going to get smoked. You don't get that sense anymore. Yeah, towards the end of that game against Seattle, you saw them getting a little bit fatigued. But for goodness sakes, when Russell Wilson is running around like he was, how can you not be how how could you not get that tired? The fact that they were able to contain him for most of the game says a lot. Of course, we gotta talk about some of the bad because can't all be that good. And truthfully, there wasn't too much that was that was ugly, bad. I would probably categorize it as eh, mediocre. Could be better. There's not something that like stood out that was like, oh my God, what on earth is happening? Why did he run that play? What's going on? Really wasn't any of that in this game. But some places where you could see that they need to improve come next week against the San Francisco 49ers. Let's start with the with the second half defense and I really just briefly touched on it. They allowed Russell Wilson to get comfortable and start scrambling around. And by him doing that, and they got five, he, they sacked him five times. But once he got comfortable, he started moving around a little bit more. He extended plays. He got the defense moving way more than they wanted to. He was escaping pressure like crazy. I mean, if they weren't going against a mobile quarterback, no exaggeration, I think Green Bay would have ended up with close to eight sacks. At least. Could, could have been more. But Russell Wilson made some tremendous plays to get out and avoid a sack. That killed them, though, in the second half. That really hurt. That really hurt Green Bay because they were they were fatigued, they were tired, and honestly, if Wilson was able to do that and move around the way that he did in the second half earlier in the game or throughout the entire game, I really think Green Bay would have been in trouble. I think in the first half they did a great job of containing him, keeping him home, and then the second half he just had his. If Russell Wilson was running around all day, all evening, could have been a long night for Green Bay. Another thing that I noticed on defense, the cushion between the secondary and the wide receiver. I understand you got to respect guys like Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. They have the ability to make a a big play at any moment on the field. But there were several times where 
it looked like there was too much space for these guys. Okay, too much space, six, six to eight yard range. Or a simple out route or a simple button hook would have been able to move the chains. I was a little bit uncomfortable with that. Now, translating that into next week's game, luckily you're going up against Jimmy G. Yeah, you, you faced him already. He's not nearly as mobile as Russell Wilson. So if the pressure could get to Jimmy Garoppolo, that's going to be huge. Got to take him down. Got to take him down, got to get sacks. Not only do you have to get sacks, got to get turnovers. And that and that's my my second point that again, it wasn't ugly, but something that I noticed in this divisional round game, no turnovers for either team. Even though we all know we are all fully aware that Green Bay should have had a fumble recovery. But the defense needs to do a better way to force turnovers. And I and I'm not saying punch the ball out, you know, force a fumble. Most notably, Kevin King drops a sure interception. The next play, Wilson hits Tyler Lockett for a big play. We're at the point now of the season that every play is important. Every play is critical. You cannot afford to make mistakes. You need to capitalize on opposing teams' mistakes. So being able to stop a drive like that, and and I mean this ball went straight through his hands. He knows it. The entire team knows it. He's probably looking at at that film right now saying, damn, that should have been mine. And and we've kind of seen this a lot. I I, kind of feel like I've seen more dropped interceptions than interceptions when looking at this entire defensive season. And I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy. That ball comes in so damn fast. Their eyes are elsewhere. But those are the little plays that this late in the season are going to make a tremendous difference. Those are the plays that are going to help flip momentum or keep momentum on your side. The teams that make those plays versus the teams that don't are the difference between winners and losers. Seattle wasn't able to force a turnover at all. Green Bay should have had two, ended up with none. Got to be able to be aggressive, get the ball back in your possession. Control that momentum, and that getting turnovers does that. Especially if it's in the opposing area zone. Right? On their own 30, their own 20-yard line, own 40. You got half a field. Got to get points on that. And finally, I think this has been a problem. I don't think. I know. I know you know. I'm not breaking any news with this. Because it's been a problem all season long. But someone needs to step up on offense. And what I mean by that is someone other than Aaron Jones, someone other than... Devontae Adams. Quite frankly, speaking of Aaron Jones, two touchdowns, yes. Relatively quiet, though, against a run defense that not the greatest. 
you know, outside of that 23-yard run that he uh, that he had early in the game on that first drive, very quiet game. Still, still punch him in in the goal line, which is fine, but relatively quiet. But he's he's been a, a big reason as to why the Packers are where they are right now. So can't really complain about Aaron Jones much. But man, we we really need a number two wide receiver. Or a couple of guys to really show up and play and be effective. Now, Jimmy Graham, who has been pretty absent all season long, he made some big catches. Only finished with three. But he made some really big catches for the Packers in this one. But other than Jimmy Graham, there wasn't a single wide receiver that had more than one catch. To me, that's worrisome. I, I'm nervous when I see that. I, I understand that Alan Lazard got hurt. He missed that second half, basically. But Geronimo Allison, MVS, Kumaro, they can't combine for two receptions for 20 yards. That that just can't happen. Okay, because I could guarantee you that next week, I could guarantee you next week that the San Francisco 49ers are going to make sure Devontae Adams has a difficult time getting the ball. Whether it's double teaming him, whether it's having an extra spy on him, whether it's being physical and taking him out of the game, they will do whatever it takes to make sure that Devontae Adams doesn't get his. It is going to be very tough for Devontae Adams to have the performance that he just had against the Seattle against the Seattle Seahawks. I could guarantee you the 49ers are not going to let Devontae Adams get 160 yards and multiple touchdowns. And this is where the others need to step up. MVS has been invisible all season long. But if you make one play, people forget. If MVS catches a 50-yard bomb that ends up being the the game-clinching touchdown that gets the Green Bay Packers into the Super Bowl, I could promise you people will be talking about that rather than how poor he played all season long. Does that mean he has a future with the Green Bay Packers? Who the hell knows? Short-term memory here, though. You make a play this late in the season, people are going to remember you for that. Geronimo Allison. Another guy who hasn't lived up to that potential. We thought he'd be so much better. Again, he comes up with a huge third down catch in Sunday's game. Aaron Rodgers clearly throws behind it. Clearly throws behind Geronimo. He acknowledges it after Geronimo Allison sliding makes the play. There needs to be some more consistency from the two, the three, the four. It can't just be the number one guys. It can't just be Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones. If it's only those two guys, it's going to be very similar to what happened the first time the Packers and the 49ers met. But again, there really isn't much overall to complain about. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. So I kind of nitpicked there. 
But I'll tell you this. Green Bay will need to be perfect next Sunday against a team that already dominated them. Had a hell of a season. But I think we could celebrate this one. And we should celebrate this one. Enjoy this. Take a deep breath. Recognize. Recognize where the Green Bay Packers are right now. They are one win away from playing in a Super Bowl. Last season, we were watching the postseason. It's been a long year. You deserve to celebrate this. You deserve to be excited, and you deserve to feel a little confident heading into this game. Despite what already happened in San Fran. It's a completely new season. One game. That's all you need to do. One game and you get to the Super Bowl. Now, that'll wrap up this episode of the Sharp Cheddar Podcast. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in as always. Remember, you could subscribe via Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, all those great podcast platforms. I'll be back again the end of the week previewing this NFC Championship game against the San Francisco 49ers. I'll also have some some picks for you. Don't mean to brag, but last week was a big 4-0 for me. So the Packers won. I won 4-0. You guys won if you listen to me. Not many games left, but still money out there. So uh, well, we, we will be back uh, at the end of the week, hoping to either get a Packers guy or 49ers guy. Still trying to work it out. Trying to give you someone other than my voice. But we, we will be back later in the week. As always, give me a follow on Twitter at Joe, double underscore, D-A-L-O-I-S-I-O. Go Pack Go.